Oh, I see some I see some bullshit in, in chat about ninja looting and all that. It's just a false narrative people have like framed against me. I mean, I don't confirm that mm -hmm. I help reinforce that in any way, shape, or form. I'd also don't deny it, confirm more than that, actually. But wait a minute. What? Ninja looting what? doesn't count until launch. Because oh, characters hey, are liked anyway. Hey, that, that's hey, the rule. I didn't make the rules. Hey, it's true. It's not ninja. It's not ninja, ninja looting until uh, launch. Yes, it's true. Thank you for characters get wiped. It's you know it's inconsequential. Can I please get a clip on that? I feel like I need this. This is a great <laughs> reference point for the future. Anybody, please. Thank you very much. If you do, y'all like really will mean a lot to me. Thanks. Ah. <sighs> Welcome to the party. We are looking for more your podcast for all things gaming with a focus on MMOs, RPGs, game development, and gaming culture. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg. I'm joined today by our returning party members. Let's welcome back, Renfail. Ew. Also, welcome back, the Nathan Napalm. Hey, glad to be here. Joining us today with no tickets. <laughs> <laughs> go back legally yeah he was like driving back he's like i'm gonna be running late <laughs> renfield's all like posting a gif or whatever with like a bunch of cops and stuff and it's oh, like God. don't get in trouble on your way here man you gotta stay <laughs> out of them cuffs brother it's not been that long since the last time <laughs> hey yo before we get dug in too deep today gotta give a shout out to uh all the supporters here on Twitch, uh, YouTube, Patreon, thanks so much for keeping this party's bags packed. Provision stock for our adventures here on the LFM show. Um, also, we did not have any uh, call-ins or reviews to go through, but you can call in at 1-539-664-6801. And if you go over to Twitter, at the LFM show, you can see a pinned post at the top where you can go and contribute on iTunes with a comment to let us know how we're doing. Uh, give us a review and all that good stuff. Um, gentlemen, what the hell have you been up to since last time? I feel like the week's been gone just like that. Yeah. It went quick, man. Dude. Um, well, also, we didn't meet for three weeks. So this time, it felt like it was only a few days. I literally was looking at the calendar today going, is it already Thursday again? <laughs> yeah, it throws off the internal clock. We had, some, we had some stuff happen, though. We got some stuff to talk about that, that uh, for better or worse, have uh, been going on in the MMO world. Yeah, we do. I mean, y'all see, I don't know, man. Did you see this? We're coming. This show is literally coming right after. Now, this is not the Ashes Pathfinders podcast, right? Our Ashes of Creation specific podcast is on Sundays, 5 p.m. CDT. So if anybody's like wanting to really talk all Ashes, that's the show to check into because there are some people here in chat that were like, hey, did you see this today? But as we do cover MMORPGs, right? Ashes of Creation is of special note today because why? Tomorrow is the no NDA period where those individuals who can do alpha testing like myself and plenty of others are able to essentially play the game and showcase it visually, which has been something that has been prohibited. We could talk about it verbally. We could share our experiences that uh, verbal NDA was lifted um, about a month or so ago uh now. And so we are now at the point where this is, uh, this is opening the curtains up, man. It's a uh, true alpha meaning you know you're gonna see it and you know it's it's bare bones format in some regard you know we're looking at systems it's still not a fleshed out you know presentation we're not at the point where it's like yo the game's gonna launch in a in a month it's not that kind of alpha it's the kind of alpha that's true development 
early development, still a lot on the table to be done. But the studio, Intrepid Studios, is now at a point where they're like, hey, it's in a good place to showcase it, let people see behind the scenes, let them see what we're up to and what we've done with the game thus far. Um, and today, um, on Asmongold's All Craft, which is a podcast that he does uh, with Rich Campbell, and uh, they bring, they've been kind of, I know that they talked about doing this, like, I think even at the end of last year, um, after he went and talked to them initially. Um, I remember Asmongold talked about having him on All Craft and, you know, here we are. He, he went on today. He was there for about two hours. I mean, a lot of the information was a lot of stuff I heard about. There are some specific points that I do plan on talking about on the Ashes Pathfinder podcast because he did mention one specific thing that I was like, oh, we just confirmed something I had a speculation on. Just confirmed it. It was kind of a big thing. It was definitely lore related. Um, so to those that are listening or watching this that do like Ashes and all that, like I challenge you to, if you can identify what it is, share it in Discord. Guess you'll have to wait till find out on Sunday. But did you, either one of you get a chance to actually watch it today by chance? No, I've seen I've yeah. seen a couple little highlights and, and skimmed through, but no, I haven't seen the whole thing yet. Yeah, it was literally just... It just ended before we started. So, you know, it's not exactly something a lot of people who uh, have even followed the game had a whole lot of time to to kind of like catch up on or even hear about. So um, it was pretty it was a pretty good interview and discussion. I mean, for myself, it was a lot of stuff I knew about already. Um, but, you know, uh, hats off to like Asma Golden Rich because they genuinely they've created a really solid platform with a lot of people to really showcase the game. And uh, overall, it was a really good conversation. I mean, Steven had the he had the the platform to just really share everything. And today was his birthday, too. So he was there on his birthday doing this and and everything. So it was like pretty cool. It's like a two for sort of special thing. But you know, it was like it was a really good conversation. It was a very healthy conversation. And uh, he did a really good job of outlining a lot of the different game systems and stuff. And so it was probably in my opinion, probably the best kind of discussion or interview that they could have had prior to the game going into this no NDA alpha to where it was about yeah, to be and, showcased. And I'm sure that uh, with that kind of reach uh, with, those, with those particular content creators that, that got a lot of attention, um, probably people that has followed a long time ago, just waiting on the next big thing before they dived in deep and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So um, smart, smart move uh, at, at a perfect timing, I think. And, uh, just like to point out to everybody, since tomorrow's the big day, it's alpha. So right. everybody, you're gonna see some stuff, okay? If you've never done it, if you've never tested uh, in development <laughs> before, I just want to say, go in with like the kind of mentality of this is I'm helping the developer with my with my data, right? Everything I do, sending data to them that they can use in some way or another and report your bugs and all that kind of thing and help them out. Cause that's, that's the real point. Like, yeah, it's promotional and they get to show off some things, et cetera. But as a person playing, just understand it's alpha and things aren't going to work perfectly. And I wouldn't request days off if I were you and all that, unless you're a content creator. Um, Cause it could be really rough. Right. right. And it, it should be, this is, this is the old, this is the first huge stress test the game has had. So it should be rough. Um, you know, and even other games that have been doing it for a while. I mean, even Crowfall had a pretty not not a completely rough day, but mm. they had a typical launch day 
um, in the sense that things were down, there was a DDoS attack, um, you know, and, and they've been stress testing for several years to get to right. that launch point. So his good, good idea. Yeah. Don't take off work for an alpha. No. Yeah. I took off. There was but... an interesting. I'm going to be honest. I took off, but I also took off because Sim needs a damn break. I did, you know, seven years not yeah. taking off for like more than like three to five days at a time. Like I was like, this is just a good time to just do yeah. me, play games, have fun, play with my guild. You're, you're yeah. also a content creator. Yeah. So like you, you can get more out of yeah. less. Right. So like True. content creators can get more than a person who's literally just there to play the game. Absolutely. And like nothing to do in those down times and, horrible issues and crashes you know i'm not saying it's going to happen hopefully it doesn't but you got to expect it right yeah you do absolutely and and you know i've spent this past like week or so uh with asheshq.com which is a website that i essentially run had uh, it's community curated which means other people actually help to contribute to make sure it's right we've got several people in the community who have contributed by gathering data to help you know uh fully flesh out the pages we've had uh, people that are going through and doing like editing to make sure the grammar is actually good because you know sim be sleepy as hell at three in the morning trying to complete a page you know trying to get it all done i was like i don't know if i feel can you stop feeling your eyes or is that just pain i don't know which one it is exactly but but it's done man the resources there did a whole lot to prepare for it i'm uh I'm overall just really happy. I got to give a big shout out to everybody like Linris, Snoopy Loops uh, that that contributed like Superwise been helping. Um, I really appreciate them because they're taking their own time to help ensure that it's a it's a well, you know, curated, um, you know, accurate place. And that's like something that I really appreciate with the people that are community members that are helping with because, you know, I'm a big community first person um, and you know, this site's been very much community first, this, this community here on this show and the other ones have been community first. And it's just, you know, as a, as a creator, it's just really like, uh, it's very, very humbling experiences to have people that are like, Hey, how can I help? And there's no expectation of anything other than they just want to see it, you know, be the best it can be. So shout out to everybody that's been doing that. It really does mean a lot. Um, definitely, definitely wouldn't have everything ready, um, on time if it hadn't been for their help. So yeah, it just hammers up to everybody there that's been helping out with that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think the feedback you're giving to Nathan about, you know, this is, uh, expect things to break, man. You know, that's, that's, that's the expectation, you know, hope for the best, but expect that it will break and things will go wrong and, you know, definitely, uh, keep that in mind. Um, but I, I kind of wonder like, what, what are the things you all would probably look forward to seeing the most as a consumer when you see a game like ashes go into, um, a no NDA period. And you're like, okay, so we're all going to really get to see our peers in a sense, like people that are streaming it, showcasing it, playing it. Maybe some of us get in there. Um, we get to show that off to like, you know, our friends too. Like maybe we got friends and family, like our wives or brothers, sisters that actually get to come. And now we can, you know, legitimately go, Hey, I'm playing. And they, maybe you're home. They're watching. They're looking over your shoulder. I mean, the, the curtains open, but it's not just to creators and streamers. It's like literally, you're playing it. You can show it to whoever's around you. You can have your friends check it out and look at it. You can jump in and do stuff with them. You can share in those good times. You can talk about it freely. You can take clips of these funny moments freely. And, um, you know, when, when you see all these people that are now doing it, you get tons of different perspectives of the game too. Yeah. Um, what yeah. do you look for the most in a situation like that? Ooh, I think from my point of view, 
um, as a cons- I'm going to take my dev hat off for a minute and sure. look at this from a consumer side. From the consumer side of things, um, these days, the number one thing I'm looking for is stability. Um, I want to see good animations. I want to see good character models. Know that I have the option to customize my character in a lot of different ways visually. Uh, I was talking about this the other day about you know the the number one end game where where role players and raiders always hit the same point is cosmetics. And so if a game doesn't have good cosmetics, it's almost an immediate turnoff for me these days. So yes, stability, cosmetics. I don't really care so much about combat because every game has a different type of combat and they're all different. It's all the same shit. Kill monsters. Like it it that doesn't affect me. But yeah, the cosmetics and story. I want to see good writing and an actual story because I'll be honest with you, like I'm looking at New World coming up and I don't see a story there. I see like this weird generic. um, That's not the only game. We were talking about this last week about certain games that have generic story. And that's an immediate turnoff to me. So good story. I want to see network stability. I want to see good animations and good cosmetics. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. And the story thing too. And I know this is definitely... um, what what Rimpo means too is uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be all about you story, right? Uh, just a good lore and a good background and good NPC dialogue and like investment, you know, where you want to get invested. It doesn't have to be like, oh, you're special and all this, right? Mm. Uh, it can it just good writing, it, you know, makes a good story. Um, so I agree. That's what I'm looking. At. I'm looking at the world. I want to see. Um, and I understand with Alpha, right? But what I'm looking for, to be honest, when th- when we get to this point in development of an MMO, is I'm honestly just looking at everything and trying to gauge, based on what the developers have said in the past, because I know their quality level, right? Yeah. You can tell what they what they think quality means to them. And I'm trying to gauge how close are they to launch. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's like I'm watching everything. And I'm looking at the combat and time to kill and the world and you know all and i'm just trying to gauge like based on how it's running based on how it's working based on feedback and their vision how close are they really you know like Mm. how much progress has there been right and then you can kind of gauge like ah it might be you know a couple years or it might be six months we could be in beta or whatever right like I, i that's the game i like to play as a consumer uh when i'm just watching other people play a game i'm not personally in uh playing it myself right is i'm just trying to gauge where they're at in development and because these days alpha means something different to uh, depending on the company. oh man i got i so, gotta jump in on that too yeah. um not even just alpha so i read a great piece earlier today i should have linked it uh, into the chat earlier and i completely forgot but there was a great piece i read pc gamer maybe or polygon that was talking about the cancellation of magic legends and mm. it went into how bad the metrics must have been for them to completely cancel a four or five year old development game in open beta. And the other part of that conversation was the fact that players, this, this is keys off what you were just saying, uh, Nathan, about how players treat alphas and betas differently than they used to. So looking at the, the open beta for 
Magic Legends as an example, um, that was a marketing thing. That was not testing gameplay or features. Thing. It was, let's see how much money we're going to generate from interested parties during an open beta to see whether or not we're going to hit the benchmarks that we want to hit for the live version. And it did so fucking horribly that they pulled the plug but th- so there's two things to look at there. One is companies don't even treat alphas and betas the way they used to, and consumers don't treat alphas and betas the way they used to. Because as a consumer, I rarely throw money at alphas and betas. I well, if I really believe in the project and I really think the team is building something special, um, I don't buy into smoke and mirrors because as a developer, I see through the smoke and mirrors. So it has to be something that really is at its core a good game that's being built on you know core foundations and principles. Um, Magic Legends is a good example. I, I looked at it and went, yeah, if you can, you know, when it gets out, when it goes to launch, it's, you know, I'll probably pick it up. But it was going to mm-hmm. be a free to play title, so it's like, whatever. But yeah, looking at it that way, consumers look at alphas and betas differently these days, and they're very much used by companies as marketing tools and. Hopefully they hit all the things they want to hit, because if you don't, that's in, in some cases, I don't think in the case of Ashes of Creation, because it's an independent company and they've got their own thing going on. But you can look at big companies, which are willing to put tens of million dollars into a project and then pull it at the last minute if it doesn't hit the right metrics. That shows a sign of how much alphas and betas have changed compared to where they used to be. Mm, well, yeah. That's a really good point. No, Thank, thankfully, Ashes is doing a real alpha, right? Like right. this is yes. this is testing. Yes, it's going to be good for the um, showing off and promotional, etc. But that's a that's a side benefit of what they're actually doing, you know. And and they've um, they've gotten to the point where they feel comfortable knowing that it's going to be used promotionally, but actually, this is really about the testing and and you know just crunching those servers and seeing what happens when you dump this many people in the world um, and what, what kind of mischief and mm-hmm. mayhem they come up with, you know, they, they turn out. So, yeah. Kind of shit they it's break a good opportunity. So it's a good opportunity to, because I know I've, I've heard good things. Again, I'm not hugely interested in the game because it's uh, the PVP PPL. orientation, mm-hmm. but I've, I've heard very good things. The clips that I've seen on Twitter and stuff look amazing with these battles and everything else. Mm-hmm. It's also, and this ties into somebody dropped a comment a minute ago about know-it-alls on forums, and I missed mm-hmm. the comment where it's at. But the, the I like to key off of that and say it is a good chance for Ashes of Creation for Interpret Studios to come out. And if all goes well the way they want it to go, and you don't push something public unless you're at the point where you're comfortable and confident that it's going to do what it's meant to do. And right. it's also a great chance to in a, in a roundabout way, raise the middle finger to all the naysayers and, yeah. and be like, guess what bitches we did it. And I, I having been in that position a few times, it's a great feeling to be able to do that as a, as a company and as a lead mm-hmm. to be able to raise those fingers and, and say, <laughs> told yep. you so. Yeah. yeah, it was good today, dude. He was like, Man, I just, he was just, man, he was having a real talk. He's been having a lot of real talk lately. And today was like, yeah, you get, you got to see more of his like gamer persona a bit. Like you could see him trying as usual um, to try to keep himself in the creative director CEO lane. But then like you get into a topic and he just can't help but like just voice his feelings about it because the passion is there. 
But that's the thing yeah. that was really good to see too, is you, you, you know, from my perspective, you see that passionate gamer, you see that, that, you know, camaraderie almost in the spirit of what you want the, the genre to be able to, to give to the player base, you know, without the thing, you know, without that, like that, like uh sentiment that like, you know, this is the way we're the only way, like, it's not, that's not the approach to it. And I think that's very healthy. And so just seeing that was really good. Um, and honestly, with the game as it's been, like I've missed out on a lot of testing, but they've been hammering testing this week. I missed out on a lot of it because restructuring my time I spend with family, I had to do that earlier in the week because I'm not going to do it this weekend and some things like that. So there's like a lot that I couldn't do. I couldn't be there for, but I continued to see this like we're going to we're going to test, 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 check it out. It's still showing fruitful and, you know, more consistency, more stability, you know, things still break, but overall when you go back a month and you look at a month and you look at now you see the progress and like okay they're there they're ready to to lift the curtains and it's like it's an exciting time not just because i'm like such a big proponent of ashes of creation but because i have the awareness that there's an mmorpg that's out there that is promising that is like becoming more and more stable and it's just an exciting time for me as a person that wants an MMORPG to play like it. That's what I also. Yeah, I got to jump in. Also, they are doing what they fucking said they would do in a timely fucking fashion. Yeah. And yes, they have moved goalposts from time to time here and there, but they are not like other titles, which are now in seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth year of development and still have nothing to show for it in terms of open anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a very good point for an independent MMORPG to be at a point where they can be showing things publicly and be confident in what they're showing. Cause they've mm-hmm. only been, when did, when was the Kickstarter for ashes? It was like May, 2017 to May to June so or something not, like that. About a not month? that long. I mean, so think about that for it's a minute. Quick, yeah. Think about but, that for a minute. But, but also this wasn't actually funded entirely by Kickstarter, right? True. Uh, Correct. Steve really threw down the gauntlet on this, right? So, which is smart and was the best way to do it. And that's why in, you know, three, four years, we've seen just this massive amount of progress is because he threw down the gauntlet from the beginning before. Yeah. And it's, it's in that way, it's, it's almost like a triple a funded game in the sense that they had a lot more money going into it from the beginning, than yeah. many other independent studios then, have. So then, that, that yeah, is a good point to me. Than any other, really, uh, mm-hmm. nobody else had that amount of, uh, you know, uh, money they could plop down at the beginning and say, hey, we've got this much. We could technically make the game with this. It would be rough. It's going to take a long time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and then, and then of course, it's a great idea, right? Like, they, they, it wasn't like they just threw out some generic MMO like we were talking about earlier. This was very original kind of ideas and concepts. Um, and so, of course, everybody jumped on it. You know what I mean? So I, I really respect the way they've they started this, right? Because the start to many MMOs that I even am interested in was rough, right? It was started very like, hey, we got this idea and we know you like this idea, but we got nothing, right? We need we need nothing but oh the community to fund it, right? And that's hard to do, and it'd be almost impossible to do today with all the scams. Um, We're going to talk about so, scam again later. And, uh, my opinion of a game that is a scam, but anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, Please okay, continue, yeah. okay. But yeah, but I yeah that's that. all I had. 
I can even remember because the difference between like the Shroud of the Avatar Kickstarter versus the Pantheon Kickstarter was that the Shroud of the Avatar Kickstarter had a prototype. The mm-hmm. Pantheon Kickstarter did not. And nope. I I like to think that that's the reason that the Pantheon Kickstarter didn't make it was because they didn't actually have a prototype when they went in, whereas Shroud did because yep. they were both games that were founded you know, by MMORPG veterans, but yep. one had something to show and one had a bunch of ideas. Yeah. Um, and that, that right there, we've talked about that on the show before too. Ideas don't mean shit most of the time. And yeah, even if, you if you're in Shroud of the Avatar, I love Richard Garriott, right? I respect the man to death. I'm not going to talk bad about him. I love the man to death, but he did stray from his vision big time. Oh yeah, big time. Uh, and that and and Shroud of Avatar I'm wearing a would, t-shirt would but be yeah, a success. Full shirt. Yeah, yeah. And and I and, you know, they did a lot of cool stuff. You know, Shroud of Avatar is an interesting game. Good one? Not eh, for me. No, yeah, not, not so much. Me. But if no. they just stuck with the vision, it probably would have been. But they strayed and the, you know, there's all the excuses, well the funding and blah blah blah. Whatever, dude. That was your vision then you strayed from it and to me that was damning, right? Like uh, well, you can't. We've talked about that before, too. It's like if you have a vision, you need to stick to it. And that's yeah, one of the things to. that I, I think Ashes has done a very commendable job in that regards because I agree. that that vision has been stuck to since for better or for worse. It has been stuck to. And that comes back to you need someone at the helm who has that creative vision and can guide the company in the in that direction. That's to it. Keep, yep. Another good example is I don't know if you've ever watched the show Black Sails. I love it's a great mm-hmm. show if you've never watched it. It's a pirate show, but um, I always look at that and I've always said that it's it's like a, sh- a ship. There is one captain, and then there are first, second, third mates, and so on and so forth. But there's one captain and only one captain. You don't have ten captains guiding a ship, or you'd never get anywhere. You need one captain guiding mm-hmm. the boat, and if you don't have that, it leads to chaos. So kudos to them for. Um, getting to where they are. Even though I don't have a lot of interest in the game, I can look at it from a business perspective and say, right on, right on. Yeah. Right on, right on, right on. Man, yeah, I'm like uh, looking over some of the stuff and things in the agenda here. Uh, I actually wanted to talk a little bit more about the group dynamic uh, that was on the agenda, but I just, as we're talking about fucking games that like just, you know, I don't feel like do right by people, can we take a moment to, have you guys seen this, man? I'm just, this, this right here, I'm linking this in chat. This is on MMORPG.com. It was uh, someone, oh, yeah. someone actually sent me a video yesterday and they were like, please share this or whatever. And it was literally somebody posted on YouTube. Okay. They posted on YouTube. They posted the alpha footage from that Kingdoms of Valyria. Yep. We're talking about Chronicles of Valyria. They posted on, on freaking YouTube, the alpha footage, dude. It's the biggest joke. I've ever seen like it is I'm serious man like I know I've seen people like one person developers create something more interesting yeah more Rain of darkness for example there you Rain go of darkness one yeah. person made Jeez. that whole game is pretty freaking good Jeez, yeah. dude look at this Chronicles of Illyria standalone sim alpha NDA which is kingdoms of Illyria by the way includes class action waiver they a class action waiver, waiver. in their Is NDA. Yes, in their NDA. If you read it, and they this the uh, class action group stresses that one. Remember the ones that created their own Discord to get to try to get the money back for the people, right? Going after Exola and all that stuff. They actually 
linked it. There's a link right here. You can actually download the NDA on MMORPG.com if you will look at it. And the NDA, on part of the NDA, it actually states something to the effect of that you will waive engaging in a class action lawsuit against them. This is part of the NDA for testing Chron Kingdoms of Illyria. I, I would like to say something. Now, I am going to play devil's advocate for, for just okay. a moment. Okay. That is a very standard clause in most NDAs and most types of terms and agreements that you're going to sign, whether it's for an alpha, beta, etc. Just all you need to do is you can look at uh, Elder Scrolls, anything from Zenimax. That is a very standard clause to have in there. The the uproar, of course, is that they didn't have it in their first iteration, um, which they should have. Um, and now that it's being put into the second iteration of the NDA, it looks very suspicious, and it's causing people to go, what the fuck, guys, because you only put it in there because you're under an, a class action lawsuit from this other stuff. But I just... I'm not saying that what they're doing is right, but I, I do want to say that that is a very standard clause for terms of service agreements to have a, you know, you don't get to do a class action lawsuit. You are required to do arbitration. Um, uh, that is very standard in a lot of agreements um, and contracts and NDAs mm -hmm. uh, as an FYI. I just so happen to be looking at this as well. Um, <clears throat> you agree that vulgar expressions Language, abusive behavior, and verbal harassment of Soulbound Studios personnel and other users will not be tolerated. And our that, grounds for that right, <laughs> and our grounds for immediate revocation of the testing license. That's that's you having a thin skin and being a fucking pussy is what that. <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to, sorry about that. Um, that's what that is. That's you not being able to handle the internet being mad at you. Like, oh, someone said something bad about me on the internet. Yeah. Come on, oh, like man. there are trolls. I'm not, I don't get trolled to the level of that guy, but I get trolled quite a bit. And, uh, you just, it's, it is what it is. You know, I always look at it and say, trolls are traffic, man. And traffic drives clicks, yeah. clicks generate sales. Give me the trolls. I yeah, like I appreciate sales. my souls or my trolls. I really do. Uh, they oh, come money. Man, they follow me better than yeah, my fans. They're they your were, number one fans, man. I post the video. They're in there that dislike so quick. I'm like, here you are, baby. Love you. You know, like, and, and give me that so algorithm funny. tip. They're funny, man. They come in and they say stuff and it's funny and it's, it's enjoyable, man. <laughs> if all, if all I got was people just being like, Oh my God, we love you. We love all that. I would get bored of this. I really would. The, the negative end of it is just as fun as the positive end, right? Like, people take it too far, right? You have to go, okay, I got to delete that. I can't leave that on my channel, but... Yeah, there's the occasional. There's the occasional where they take it way too far, but, like, most trolls are just having a little fun. That's They're not even actually hateful or nothing. If you met them, you'd probably drink a beer with them. They're just having fun on the internet that's their idea of fun they get on they see something they they don't like it for whatever reason but they're dedicated people man uh, they get me views they get me clicks they give yes. me um that's YouTube the algorithm all that stuff because uh, yes. they're there immediately oh he's releasing a video dislike appreciate you man thanks like, that's, man that's, you're, that's good. you're still that's here good. you're yeah. still here you're still giving me time you're still yeah. my number one fan yeah. but I, I would like to point out that that trying to to limit that in with legal speak and saying you're not allowed to talk bad about our staff or anything else. I, I think that the moment that you have a product, it doesn't matter what the product is, you have to be willing to accept the positive and the negative with the product that you're selling. 
Um, and if you can't handle that, you shouldn't be in business because yeah. that's that's part and parcel of owning a business in a first world country where capitalism works is that you deal with the good and the bad. Um, and, you know, it's just part of it. Someone else said something in here I would like to, to tap into real quick. Mm -hmm. um, Grimmy said, I love this actual part they added again. This should have been in their first version. It was in our first version for the Saga of Leucemia for Storm Amos Tudor's products. It's in the version. It, it's in the versions for Pantheon. It's in the version for the or pre-orders for Shroud of the Avatar. It's in the pre-order versions for uh, Star Citizen. Every company that's selling pre-orders and or Kickstarters, <clears throat> excuse me, has some sort of a clause in there that says you acknowledge that the company has no obligation to release the game or any similar product. What they do have an obligation to do and what almost all of the terms and services will have is an obligation that if they haven't released by a certain date, they are required to then provide an accounting for how the money was spent and where the development dollars went and why they didn't actually release a product. That is very standard in all terms and services and i can't believe soulbound studios didn't have it in their first iteration so them adding it now is not nefarious in any way shape or form again devil's advocate here it's just legal stuff that they should have had in the first iteration and they don't have uh, they don't have and now they're adding it so that's it's unfortunate it makes them look suspicious on top of all the other shitty suspicious stuff they've done it doesn't help their um their case yes there's the arbitration Thank yeah, you for it, yeah. linking that. Yes, because arbitration uh, language is common in almost all types of NDAs and terms of service agreements because no one wants to go to court, and so it's they. Everybody wants to be. Everybody wants to try to force the other party into arbitration. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, arbitration. I can speak to this because I've been going through all of these processes as an FYI. <laughs> arbitration is nothing <laughs> more than private court. It can be cheaper than normal court but the benefit of arbitration is it's typically private so it's not going to be on the record in the same way that a, a class action lawsuit or a public lawsuit would be or a civil lawsuit or things of that nature when it's done in arbitration it's it's pretty much always done behind closed doors they're not necessarily there's not always an nda in place the parties might agree to not disclose the terms of what's going on um but yeah, that's why our, everybody loves arbitration because it's it's usually cheaper. It's usually much quicker. It's not always quicker, usually quicker. Um, but yeah, arbitration clauses are very, very, very common. And arbitration too, I want to say, is um, typically, um, in my opinion, uh, the best way for the two parties to come together and just talk it out and come to a solution that both are happy with. Um in my opinion, it works out smoother in most situations, at least in my in most, experience, yeah. than, than going to court and it gets all crazy and you got a lawyer talking for you. And it's just kind of, you know, arbitration is more personal. It's like you versus the person who you've offended or vice versa. Um, and you can usually come to some kind of sensible uh, resolution during that arbitration that that both people are at least OK with. Right. Um so I think it's the better option anyway when you when you have a situation like this. Um, so it I, is I'm just, a fan of it. Yeah, the, the 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 timing of it is just what looks horrible for Soulbound yeah, yeah. Studios because this should have all been in their first. Um, now, 
they said something though in their statement, and this is what I thought we were going to talk about because um, they they did make a statement about uh, kingdoms of Illyria, right? Um, mm-hmm. And they, here's what they said because this is what bothered me. This should provide all the confidence we can that we're not just taking your money and running. Our passion is this game. We are not walking away. So my problem with that statement is that you already walked away. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? You literally walked. You said it was done and that you were walking away. You didn't say temporarily we're going to shut it down. Yeah. You said it's over. True. And you blamed on COVID and all this stuff, and you yeah. you did walk away. See, that's a problem. True. And yeah. it's hard to get somebody's trust back. But what you sh- I would have said if I would have made that statement is, hey, look, I I thought we couldn't make it. I did walk away. My maybe you can't because of the allegations. I don't know. Uh, but I did walk away. I didn't think we could do it. We got the team back together. We're gonna try to do it, and this is our only path we can come up with to get there. Is we're gonna release his Kingdoms of Illyria. And then we're hoping with the funding of that, and we're trying to make it a great game. Uh, and then, you know, with that funding, we can build our base back to get back to what we want to do, which is make Chronicles of Leary that we promised you. And we're going to do it. This is our option to get there to our goal, right? And I think mm-hmm. that'd be more, better than just being like, uh, we didn't walk away and we're not going to, right? Like, we're dedicated. Bro, we don't think you're dedicated. You've already walked away. You're not going to. You have to earn that back. You can't just tell us. You have to earn it back um, to the consumers, I mean. Right. It's a damn good point. <clears throat> yeah, I just see I mean, this. It's just, it's, it's shitty all around. Uh, it really is. But this is just them covering their asses in the way that they should have covered their asses Early. the first time around. Um, and, and just trying to put out any future fires that could potentially happen. The only one that makes me laugh about it, though, is the is the whole you can't talk bad about us or we're going to take action against you. That's like, dude, come come on. on. Like that's just if someone says something bad enough that you feel you need to take legal action, then it's going to be something more than just in, you know, this guy sucks. Like, (laughs) yes, it's not just defamation. It's like actually like, I don't know, like swatting or something like, you know, dangerous. Yeah. You know, but this is like, this is like the, the thing is, is he's also like, I don't, uh, we got to make sure we got to have these comments turned off because we just don't have the time to actually like acknowledge them all. But you don't have to acknowledge them. Just allow them. Yeah. You don't have thick skin, dude. You're not built for this. And probably more ways than one. Right. I mean, to be fair. I mean, do they have any fans? I don't know. To be honest with you, I've I've not seen a single positive thing about that game in the last like since since it all went up in smoke. Yeah, not, I, not one, not one time have I ever seen a positive thing. But the, the the another issue with algorithms is that YouTube and Facebook and et cetera typically show you the things that you want to see. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so I just may not have ever seen the people that like their game because I don't walk in those circles but i've yeah. not ever seen anybody mm-hmm. say anything positive it's true yeah, not especially not in like the recent you know most recent past where we're actually seeing like it's all posts like hey we pulled the plug on the game no way oh no don't see this wait we're gonna actually do something with this out oh, uh, uh, uh. yeah <laughs> and that, at that point you're just like Based on based on the based on the uh, only example we have of a product that they've released was when they released that um, God, I think parkour. they called it. I think parkour. they called it a pre-alpha. Yeah, that parkour thing that was thrown together overnight by a child. Um, 
Jeez, that was bad, dude. That was maybe the worst thing I've ever seen released by... I mean, there's worse on Steam, right? <laughs> but yes. you have to dig. I mean, it's, it was pretty bad. Uh, Down there so a bit. I just got to say that based on the only piece of work we've gotten from them, my expectations are just, they couldn't get any lower. I'm expecting the biggest train wreck of maybe MMO history here. Uh, so. No, and to the to to answer Fubahead Hunter and chat, by the way, uh, it, uh, hope you have extra head wax to use tonight to get ready for the next few days, so it stays nice and bright to lead the way through the dungeons and ashes of creation. <laughs> I notice a little bit of a shine; you can see the blue light. So clearly, yeah. clearly, all it's natural good. works out fine. I'm sure I can go. I'll grab some of the oil I've got, like the beard oil. Bitch. I'll just take the beard oil. I'll lather it, uh, my beard up real good, and I'll just take the extra, put it on my head. Get like a get a nice cloth, you know what I mean? Give it a little bit of a good buff, you know. Make sure in the morning there's no more stubble. Yeah, just shine it real good, you know, slap a little bit more on there, leave a nice fresh coating. And then whenever I go live, I'll just make sure that the lights are positioned right. Um, you know, with any luck, like I'll evidence that I could be a light in the darkness by essentially like reflecting the lights above me, behind me to help you better see what's actually behind me. And then as long as I just keep my head pointed the right direction, I'll essentially be like a, a spotlight, right? So I mean I think that's how that's how that works right anyway. yeah and if things get rough because you might get real busy <laughs> there might be really long sessions um you know just get a get a, a you know get a boggin or something you know and just uh you know uh, uh, if you don't got if you don't if you, don't, if you run out of time for self-care uh there's always hats man you know Oh, I see some I see some bullshit in, in chat about ninja looting and all that. It's just a false narrative. People have like framed against me. I mean, I don't confirm that mm -hmm. I help reinforce that in any way, shape, or form. I'd also don't deny it, confirm more than that, actually. But wait a minute. What? Ninja looting what? doesn't count until launch. Because oh, characters hey, are white anyway. Hey, that, that's hey, the rule. I didn't make the rules. Hey, it's true. It's not ninja. It's not ninja, ninja looting until uh, launch. Yes, it's true. Thank you for. Characters get wiped. It's you know it's inconsequential. Should I please get a clip on that? I feel like I need this. This is a great <laughs> reference point for the future. Anybody, please. Thank you very much. If you do, y'all like really will mean a lot to me. Thanks. Ah, <sighs> look, 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 look. We've we've got a lot of stuff going on. There's a really good article like a while back though from MMRPG.com. I mean, I I've, I've actually been really happy with a lot of the articles they've been writing lately, or at least the ones I've been getting. They've been some pretty good ones. Um, and this one was just Joseph does. Is this the one by Joseph? Um, I think that's right. I haven't looked at it in a minute. Let me link it. It's talking about he's a really he's a stand-up guy. I've had some good yeah, conversations cool. with him over the years with the saga leukemia stuff. And he, mm. he was the right person to take over uh, from the previous staff. Although his, his spell check is occasionally not that great, but he is a stand-up guy um, and he does some good work. Yeah. This one was just talking about the overall, you know, all together now promoting groups and MMOs. Like it's just the, uh, basically the, the, the long and short of it is like kind of talking about experience from like 98 to present, like, you know, kind of the group dynamics and MMORPGs the importance of grouping up and how in a lot of ways, the traditional MMORPG these days are like the common, it's commonplace that like you have things like, you know, dungeon finders, raid finders, you've got those types of things. You've got uh, elements that kind of uh, pull people away from engaging in grouping and community and stuff like, you know, in, in the sense that you, and you know, this was a good outline and everything, but it just kind of, I'm kind of giving my own like perspective here. Like, 
you know, for me, it like really brought forward these thoughts of like, you know, I've talked about this a lot, like the, the element of grouping where you've got like, and I always go back to raid finder and dungeon finders and things of that nature. I go back to the old school, like world of Warcraft days. And I actually really love the running around and having to go to a summoning stone outside of a dungeon and actually having to get there and having to have more than one person to get the last couple stragglers there. Um, you know, you're out in the world, you're, you're running, you're, you're navigating, you get there. It takes community. It takes group effort to actually accomplish a goal of something as simple as getting people to a location, because maybe they're so damn far away on the other side of the world. They're going to have to take, you know, their airships and stuff like that to get there. And it's going to take forever. And it's like, yeah, this helps expedite that whole process of waiting on our friends. It helps to kind of make this happen quicker, but it's not, it's not super convenient because super convenience queuing directly in. Right. And, and in some ways not even having to get together a group. Right. So, you know, it is something that, you know, we, we talk about this around Ashes Law. We talk about it around MMORPGs and here on the show a ton, you know, when we talk about other games as well and, and World of Warcraft, you know, it's this like balance of like, where do you, where do you kind of draw the line of like making things a little more accessible, listening to the, the player base and like at the same time, like ensuring whether maybe the community doesn't like it and maybe not everybody in the community likes it or not, but you kind of stay the course on, we, we still need you to be engaging with one another because that's kind of the point of this type of game, you know? And I don't know. I, I always look to the raid finder and dungeon finders and were they convenient? Yes, but they did keep me from being out in the world as much. I mean, it's easy to just log out in Orgrimmar or like Stormwind and just sit there and queue just for the there, yeah. and not leave near the auction house yeah right, just stay near the auction, auction house. house near mailbox and so my whole thing is and this was something mm. that we never hardly got in mmos we got a sample of it in the early days and instead of it evolving it just kind of uh world of warcraft is like ah, we're just going to get rid of that whole element it's something you forget about and that's the element of having to break into a camp right uh for example i'm playing everquest right now and there's a lot of archaic things that I really wish would have been changed over the years, right? But one of the things I found I really enjoy is when we decide we're going to a different dungeon, right? It could even just be a different camp spot in the dungeon. But specifically, when we decide we're going to go to this new area, there, we travel there. There's no other choice. We travel there. We go to the place, and we go inside, and we start taking a look around and finding something to do in that dungeon, right? The dungeons are massive in that game. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you get there... At least 50% of the time, you're not just going to go there and start doing what you want. Some some, some absolute ridiculous stuff's going to happen along the way when you get there. And they call it breaking the camp, which is like you get there, things might be rough at first. You got to kind of get your bearings. You got to figure out who's going to do what and uh, how the mobs are going to react to uh, different uh, your strategy. Like you're going to make yourself invisible, try to get past the undead but then some of them see you and mm -hmm. then suddenly you've got a big fight on your hands you didn't expect and but once you get to where you want to go and you everybody gets their bearings then it starts flowing a little easier right and things start going you start getting your xp or whatever you're there to do uh killing names for mm -hmm. uh drops or whatever it is but nobody does that anymore right like now it's just like you go to the dungeon and you just do that same exact thing you do at that dungeon right uh you go through the bosses to the end boss you beat it you get to collect your loot and then re repeat or go to another dungeon do the same thing i like the open-ended approach 
You know, there's just so many things built into the game, baked in that can just change your entire experience to where, yeah, you may have been here before, but not with this exact group composition. You know what I mean? And it just changes everything to where it's not Groundhog Day. It's a different experience in the same place you Every may be time. for 20 years. Yep. There's also something, um, and and I'm, I'm looking at this coming from, you know, having spent about seven years developing an, an old school MMORPG that was working on some yeah. of these things. One of the things I always liked about EverQuest and that we were working on with Saga was um, dungeons that take, literally, you can spend weeks in a dungeon and it's not a two-hour run. It's something that takes weeks. And sometimes there are dungeons in EverQuest that you could spend a couple months in if you went in at the lowest level and then just progress through that dungeon all the way through. We did an, an experiment on Project 1999 back in the day, probably around 2015 when we first started promoting the game because um, I wanted to prove to people what I was talking about. And so we made some characters on P99. We went to Befallen, got in there at like level 7, I think, and we stayed in there till level 20. And that was something that took course over the, uh, I think like six weeks we did it. And we were playing a few nights a week. And, and I posted all the sessions on Twitch and was like, this is what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. The other element that I that I liked about that, but the one thing that I disliked is the fact that everything was on timers and everything else. So when we were building Saga, one of my mandates with Saga was doing random spawn timers instead of set spawn timers and having boss mobs spawn randomly in, in several different areas as opposed to having known spawn places. That way, because I think what you're talking about, Nathan, the core of what you're talking about is keeping players on their toes so that there is a constant need for cohesive communication and interaction between the players who are in that group so that they don't ever get bored or get into some sort of a routine. Because if you're constantly being challenged, then there's this constant adrenaline and this rush and this edge of we got to be on our toes. We can't afford to, you know, be AFK and, and lax about things. And that adds, I think this is a very important challenge to the game and challenge when we, when we as human beings, this is, this is behavior science 101 as a human being, when we overcome a challenge with other people, what do you get? You get a feeling of euphoria. You get endorphins, you get a rush of, Fuck yeah, we 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 did that. We we kicked the dragon's ass. We we made our way into that camp. And when you take that away from people, that's when a game gets boring. Yeah. And that's when we have these rote dungeons that we have now where there's there's no surprise. There's just I having just played recently, I logged into Star Wars Republic because I'm slowly working through stuff. There's literally an option now where instead of having to travel, it's just like you get a quest and it's like you get a button on the mission find on the on the quest tracker it says launch flashpoint and instead of having to actually go and find the actual entrance to that area you just click the button and it transports you into the zone and you start the dungeon and it's the same experience every time you run it because it's a linear thing so yeah um the the group finder thing was also one of the reasons i said no to that um developing saga was the convenience factor is good. I, I liked how early Warcraft did it, where you had the option of a summoning stone, but you, you had to have a few people who went there first. So you, at least a few people had to make the journey. So those who had the most amount of time went there and, and could prepare for the group. But in many cases, you also had to have, if I'm not mistaken, 
maybe that's a different game I'm thinking about. Wasn't you had to also have gone there at least once on your own to use it. Um, mm-hmm. I think that adds a certain element to it. Yeah, where, that's right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah, you had to right, and it, and 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 the modern version is group finders allow you to instantly teleport, so you never have the journey. And if there's yeah. no journey, what's the point of having an open world or a big world and lots of zones if you're never going to actually go through those zones and experience them? Mm. And you're only ever going to hang out by the auction hall. And the other downside to group finders is that um, you don't establish friends. If you're not having to do something challenging with those people at any point in time. And so when you use the group finder, you're instantly there, you're instantly through the dungeon, you're done, and everybody just disperses. And especially when you have cross-server people coming in, because now you can group with anybody on any server to do a dungeon, it's like, well, now we've defeated the purpose of guilds. Like, what's the point of having a fucking guild if I can group with anybody anywhere, anytime? That I don't need to be in a group with other people. Yeah, so automatically too. Like, yeah, it's yes. Yeah, pros the and journey, cons. The journey is a big point because honestly, no matter what you personally like to do in MMOs, there's a journey involved, right? And that was part of the addiction. So, journey through the levels, journey to getting the best gear, journey through the content of the raids, and you know, learning all the. It's all a journey. And your memories are always, uh, if you just think of your favorite MMO memory, I can just about promise you it was with other people and it had something to do with the journey or like Ren said, uh, something you overcame, right? Which is a journey. So I think between, and, and the thing too is like, you need a reason for people to have to talk to each other too, right? Like, so if if you go out and you, you have to find your group, but then the content's just kind of like, whatever we're just going to mow through a bunch of trash mobs and maybe we have to dodge some red lines on the floor or whatever nobody has to communicate you just do your job you're not going to build a bond there it's very unlikely at least uh sometimes you do because the group did so well that you're like hey let's run another together and you do so many that maybe you might but back in the day you had to talk and communicate in some way and you had to work together and and you were relying on your teammates because their class brought Mm -hmm. something to the table Right. And and because you relied on them and they, you know, there was always somebody did something just right at the right time, a clutch hill, uh, a mez that that saved everybody, whatever it may be, that then if I dude, that was freaking awesome, dude. Like, oh my God, you nailed that. And and now there's a bond. Now this person isn't just some random human. Now they they you have an experience with them and you create a memory and that's where it's at, man. That's what MMOs were meant to do. Just oh, like yeah. Dungeons and Dragons was built to do is getting with friends or people, even if you don't know them at first, and building memories and stories. I'm glad you said the D and D reference because yeah. that's the whole point. That's the whole point of tabletop is I'm a warrior or I'm a mage or I'm a cleric. I don't have if I'm if I'm a mage, I'm a squishy mother. I I, I don't I can't go out there and be on the front line. So I need a yeah. tank who can wade in there with plate mail and a shield and like keeping all the mobs on him and, and a ranger who's taken out the archers in the far corners. And, you know, it's this coordinated effort where everybody has pros and cons and those together equal that, you know, link of, of, of badass adventurers, but without them, it's not. Um, I always like the uh, the reference I've used in the past is um, no one cares about Thor 
going to the grocery store to get a gallon of milk because that's boring and he could do that on his own. But what we do want to hear about is when Thor goes out and comes up against someone um, like Thanos and, and Thanos is such a powerful badass that Thor, even as mighty as he is with his hammer and all his powers still needs the help of other people, of other adventurers to take down that foe. That yeah. is what makes an epic story because it's about people coming together to defeat that common challenge um, without being, you know, the all powerful. I can do everything because my yeah. mommy told me that I'm going to be able to do anything I want and I get a first place medal for everything. Oh, man. Dude, it's such a good segue, though, man. Talking about a good story. This is like the topic that's been delayed on this show for weeks now. Actually, literally like a month now because of the couple of weeks that we had off that one time. But. Well, this is a great question because we actually talked about this related to Ashes. Like when we were not specifically Ashes, but like a game that goes into a development phase and you get to like experience it. Like what are some of the things you look for? And Renfield was talking about Nathan. Also, you talked about story. Now, Ashes is a bit of a, a different, different one because like a lot of the story is not really going to be shared until the game's launch. But there's still you do still have quests and things of that nature. But when I think back to like a really good story now so far, Ashes has some potentially just amazing like story right we've only got a, a bit of it but it's it's fascinating and it's very interesting for me um and it's not just because there's a phoenix in it and that's my name it's not because it's just that it's because the game's legit got some good lore and story and that's just a nice added bonus like what they're doing with the phoenix and and the goddess of creation that game is very interesting uh i've got a lot of like theories around it and everything it's just it's fascinating there's like a mythology going on there um and you know, when I think about some of the best stories, like, I mean, you think about Tolkien stuff, you think about, you could think about D&D, you know, uh, uh, tells that are played out uh, through different people's experiences and their different campaigns. You think about movies, you think about comic books. I mean, what are some of the, your favorite characters from stories that you've enjoyed the most and like what makes those characters or those stories um, so epic to you? And, you know, what is that? Why? Oh, man. I know. This will probably be the rest of the show, but it's fine. Yeah, well, yeah, because I, <laughs> I like to read a lot, and and the best stories for me have not been video games. Um, hmm. There are some good moments. I'm not gonna lie, there have been some really good moments in video games. Um, recently, and I'll, I'll try to keep it on video game real quick. Um, in video games, the best story that I can think of in any game that I've played within recent years was probably the God of War from a couple years back um, mm -hmm. with where you have the sun and you're going through this story mm. because there is a very intricate and intimate bond happening between the father and son. But because of the backstory that he has from the previous entries, it even if you haven't played all of those games, you know enough about it that it, it adds this layer of emotional baggage to the character where he's you're constantly feeling the weight of all those past decisions and the writing and the music and everything was never real. But also um, this game made me cry. I've played it through twice and I have bawled my eyes out the, at the ending every time, which is Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, the Ooh, ending yeah. for that game wrecks me every time I play that game because of the way it plays out, because it is a redemption story um, of a guy who goes from being this outlaw to regretting the decisions he's made in his life and then being faced with his own mortality, not, not spoiling anything, although it's been out for a while, mm. you know, so yeah, true in video games. Those are the two that I can think of in recent years that have really brought something to the table that emotionally 
pulled me into the game. Book wise, I think I, man, there's so many different ones. Like I love the wheel of time and I love the story of Randall Thor and his arc you know, going from the, and obviously it's the chosen one arc, which I have a hard time with the chosen one arc in a lot because it's so overdone, but I feel like it was done very well in that one because of how haunted he was by the past incarnations and, you know, constantly messing with his mental state and everything else. But then like the Amber series uh, by Roger Zelazny, where you've got this badass Corwin who just runs around and drinks coffee and smokes cigarettes and travels between worlds and, and has these corrupt brothers and sisters who was always trying to fuck him up. Like, it, it was just such a fun series written at a time, you know, pre-cell phones, pre-internet, pre, I mean, that was written in the, you know, 70s and 80s. So it's it's a different type of character than what we would see in today's uh, stories. And then TV-wise, the thing that's been keeping me most recently has been The Expanse, which I think is just good. really good writing. And then, but my still, my number one favorite TV show of all time is the reimagined Battlestar Galactica show that ran in the early oh, aughts. Yeah. yeah, that was just, I've watched it through three times. So good. It's just so good. And also Babylon five is another one yeah, where the, it has school, a man. really, the special effects sucked, <laughs> but like the story arcs, I've watched that through three times as well. I cry every time when I get to the end of the it's fifth season good. or whatever, and everybody's things are happening. Yeah, those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head. I'm sure there's more, but that was a, that's a tough question to answer. Isn't it? But, it, man, you get some good references. What about you, Nathan? Yeah, um, so, you know, there's been a lot of really good stories, right? Like Icewind Dale comes to mind, right? Oh, Where, I'm playing that right now. I know, I saw you playing it. That's why it's on my mind. Um, <laughs> I replayed it not too, too long ago, and that one's just such a beautiful world and just such a cool music. backstory music. and the music. Oh. And it's based on, um, you know, the, uh, the book series, which – it's freaking phenomenal. Even though I've read them all. Um, the uh, so I think of that. I think of those like the Baldur's Gates and all those. Um, but uh, honestly, uh, I'm. Uh, this is weird to a lot of people that that follow me. But man, some of those um, older, um, those older Super Nintendo games, man. Ooh, uh, like yeah. Final Fantasy VI, uh, which was called Final Fantasy Three uh, in America. Um, uh, or Final Fantasy II in America, which is actually Final Fantasy V, those were just really rich because, like, they couldn't do the graphics the way they wanted to, so they had to depend completely on story. And it brought up some things that, honestly, if we would have had a rating system back then, they probably would have never even been allowed to be released. Um, we're talking about teen suicide, um, you know, teen pregnancy, um, mm. topics that kids were playing, you know, <laughs> and parents just had no idea, you know, and this... And the story was so long, it took you so long that, like, a journalist back then wouldn't even realize these stuff were in there. So, like, we were, I was young. I wasn't super young, but I was pretty young. And I remember playing them and being like, wow, you can talk about stuff like this in video games? Like, you can you can tell me a story like this in a video game? Um, so, stuff like that really has changed the way I've, I've looked at games my entire lives, for my entire life. Um and for TV shows, just because Ren mentioned, I got to mention my favorite story of all time in TV shows. This might be a little cliche because it's popular, but I don't care. It's a it's a really good story. It's Breaking Bad, man. Oh yeah, that oh yeah, a, yeah. That is poetic. I, I just, as a, as it's as so a, good, man. I literally just watched it because my wife had never seen it, and it it it's on Netflix, you know. So we went and watched it. I think about two months ago, we binged it over the course of like two weeks, and she, I watched it when it was coming out. 
and and it had been a few years since it's been out now so she went into it fresh and like it was like she's sitting here can we watch another can we watch another can we watch another and it's like suddenly we're watching five six episodes a night and it's like i take it you like this show. <laughs> and what's so crazy good. is people interpret the story in different ways right so when i watched it I watched it in a very generic way my first time I watched it. And the main character, I felt all his pain. I was on his side. I saw his point of view 100%. My wife saw him as like this horrible human. Like, oh, yeah. Dude, you're, you're totally. I and am I the one it. who knocks. Yeah. And I had to go. But <laughs> when he said that, I understood. I was like, yeah, dude. Like, he's the one putting himself in danger, you know, and doing all this crazy stuff for you guys. And you're getting the benefits. That's why I saw it at first. But then I watched it again and was like, yeah, dude, actually. The, the real people who suffered here was his wife, his son, and Jesse Pinkman. Like, Jesse Pinkman definitely, Dude. like, he ruined yeah. that guy. Um, so it's like, it's interesting how you can watch the, we saw the same story right beside each other, and we came up with two totally different, different interpretations. interpretations. And that's a good story, and that's yeah. hard to do. That's hard to do. And that guy went on to do a spinoff, which is really good, too, uh, Better Call Saul. That's pretty. Oh, which yeah. I can't wait for the next season. It's yeah. I in many in many ways. It there are parts of it that have been better than Breaking I agree. Bad. I've it, said it sometimes. Like I don't know. I think this so might be good. better. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so that, uh, I can't think of that guy's name. Vince um, Gilligan. I Vince, think is his name. Yeah, Gilligan. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's a genius. I don't know where yeah. he came from, but uh, wow, that's a good writer. Man. Yeah, he's a great writer. Um, yeah, phenomenal. Man, the relaunch of Battlestar Galactica was like, it was really good. So I I never watched serialized TV mm. um, before that point. Also because I grew up in a household where my parents were kind of anti-television. Um, and so we had very limited amounts of time to watch TV and stuff. So when that came out, I was 20 or 21 because I think it was like 2000, 2001 when the miniseries came out. So I was you know living on my own and everything else. And I'll never forget because that was when I was heavy into EverQuest 2, but I had mm. TiVo. So it was this thing where we would have raid nights on the same nights that the episodes would be out. So I would TiVo the episodes, and nice. as soon as we would wrap up raids, I would turn around and watch the episodes. Hell yeah. And I got so sucked in. And that's when I became aware of the fact that there was serialized television. Mm. Because up until that point, you know, I kind of knew a about the X-Files, but had never watched the X-Files. So then once I finished Battlestar Galactica, I went on a deep dive and was like, <laughs> oh, and then the internet, you know, is getting better and better and broadband and all this other stuff. So it was like, oh, now I can go find all these shows. It's like Babylon 5, mm. Deep Space Nine, watch the whole X-Files, you know, and like all these great science fiction shows and fantasy shows that I had missed. Like Beauty and the Beast with Ron Perlman and Linda Hamilton. I remember oh, Wow, that, yeah. yeah. That's like, it's not... That's not like triple A television, but it's good quality, fun entertainment mm, value yeah. that was just put out there. And like hardly anyone knows about it because it's this obscure show from like the late 80s or, I remember that. or something. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed I that. Watch it when I was young. Yeah. Yeah, but there's, there's so much good TV out there. And it's only, uh, I'm going to gush a little bit for a second. I'm sorry, guys. Um, <sighs> I love living in the era of. Like we're living in the golden era of television right now with streaming services yeah. because there's I don't have enough time to watch True. all the amazing stuff, which is why I don't read as much as I used to, because now there's just there's so many cool things like and then we have 
even more cool stuff. Like just as an example, we talked about this a couple weeks on the show. Like mm-hmm. we got the new Masters of the Universe show coming yes. out. Yeah. I, it's just, just just like they're hitting me. They're just like grabbing my nostalgia balls and just being like, yeah, <laughs> you want this, you know? And it's like uh, got yes, you by your nostalgia balls. Is that really it? <laughs> Dude. It is true though. You it know what? True. If people are listening to this, we've had a lot of people in chat that have actually been reflecting on like different stories they like too. Here's some of mine. The Prince of Persia trilogy that came out like yes. on the GameCubes and all that. It was freaking amazing, dude. Zelda, Legend of Zelda, the subtext for the games is amazing. Amazing. It's some of the best subtext for games or stories that I've probably ever seen like portrayed in the way it has been. Um, I think the Carnival of Time or whatever is a really good example of that. Then I go to like Lord of the Rings, obviously, fantastic from a mythological standpoint. The Harry Potter stuff's really good. The Witcher books, I'm like loving right there are so many good stories so many good games um and yeah comic books like i loved what they did with the spider-man stuff like back in like the the 90s or whatever they had like maximum carnage and like all these carnage was good good series man that was good stuff. tales of the jedi was still my favorite from the 90s was the tales of the jedi with naomi sun strider and Mm. xr coon and just introducing all these because that was like right when I'm totally, I just hijacked your conversation. No, you're good. Those were my main <laughs> reference points. Sorry, anyway, dude, you're good. <laughs> I was just thinking about that because um, that was when the Star Wars Extended Universe started publishing books and they were doing comics at the same time. And, and now I'm thinking comics. I'm thinking like ElfQuest as an FYI. They just did a successful oh. ElfQuest Kickstarter recently for an audio movie. And the voice cast is freaking phenomenal. It's got Battlestar Galactic alumni in there and wow. a bunch of amazing people. But I'm just thinking back to like the comics from the 90s that I was reading, like Tales of the Jedi. And when you said the Carnage series, um, there's also the the Wolverine uh, where he gets oh, the adamantine ripped out Oh my god, I've body. got that comic yeah. still, dude. It's such a good one, dude. Uh, oh my was, god. Yeah, there was some good stuff in the 90s. Comic yeah. with the hologram yeah. on the front, dude. I've got the yes, damn thing yes, still. Yes, it yes. gets it all pulled out of him and it looks all like liquid form. It's just like literally yeah. getting ripped out of every part of his body. And you're like, and he's got these claws up and he's just there, dropped to his knees with the claws up and they're all bone. Yeah. Oh man. It's such a it's it, it's such a visceral image. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, as a teenager, I had such the hots for uh some of the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was good. That was good school conversation, you know, where you just, you know, you find there was cell phones really weren't a thing, really. I mean, some people might have had them, but definitely wasn't mainstream. Um, but I remember you just couldn't wait to get back to school to be like, dude, have you seen this? Have you seen what happened, you know, like to Wolverine or, or whatever? Yes. And those were good times, too, I want to mention, because oh, um, man. a lot of the a lot of the memories of. Uh, uh, games, uh, especially in the early '90s and stuff like that, with video gaming, was that it was all about the word of mouth, right? Like you didn't know that this game was coming out; it was just mm-hmm. there, it was just on the shelves, yeah. and you had to judge it mostly by the oh, box art so or true, you know, random. I remember picking games, and I wanted RPGs, and I would just look at it and be like, "That looks, it's got a the box, it's got World a of Warcraft." That's how it got me, you know. Yeah, and and you would you would that's what you purchased it by. You'd be like, "Yep, I'm pretty sure True. this is the kind of game I think I might want." And and I remember yeah. I got tons of games. It was not what I wanted. You know, you get back and be a side scroller with just some dude with the some barbarian with the sword, and I'd be disappointed. Like, man, this is the kind of in depth, kind of real nerdy kind of thing I really wanted or whatever. 
but the mystery of it and the word of mouth advertising when you went back to school and people were like, dude, I found a cool game. It's freaking called yes. Fat Santa, dude. Oh, right? my God, like, dude. Homie, forget that kid. sidestep. Like, dude, back Santa, dude. And guess what? I, like, yes, I got a play? sealed copy of that. <laughs> oh, cool. Right? I've got my original that I yeah. got after I played. Sealed it. copy of that one, man. I was like, dude, that game was so good, dude. <laughs> yeah. And hard. Yeah. And it was really difficult, too. They really redid difficult. that in some sort of way, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. Weird. Jeez, man. Yeah. And then, like, I mean, for me, World of Warcraft, I mean, that game, I didn't, I got that because it was. And I think Best Buy at the time, box on a shelf was like, what am I going to, you know, you get your paycheck, you know, you you worked, it's the weekend. You're like, what, is there a good game out I can play? And you literally go and you browse the shelves, man. You know, yeah, that's how I got Crisis back in the day. Crisis shooter game, it was whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I knew about the Elder Scrolls and played it, right? But what got me to get Oblivion was... Well, number one, Patrick Stewart was in it and voice acted for some of it. Yeah. And, and then all... Because, sorry... Awesome stuff. Love Star Trek Next Generation. Huge fan. Freaking amazing. Oh, so damn good. You know how many times I've watched that series through, dude? I've done it through twice all oh, the way. And I started I started a third time early this year and I got completely sidetracked because here's the, here's what happened. Netflix, because I'm in Mexico, so Netflix here's a little bit different, but they all popped up at the same time. So it was Next Generation, yeah. uh, Voyager, Deep Voyager, Space Nine, yep. and Enterprise. The mm -hmm. Enterprise is the only one I've never watched. I've watched Deep Space Nine through three times. I've watched Voyager through twice. Yes. Next Generation, I've only done twice. And I started the third oh, and I got man. sidetracked for this stuff. Dude, I've watched, I've watched Next Generation through probably like 10 times, to be honest. Oh, my God. At least 10 Dang, times. Dude. I've Dang. watched I've watched Voyager like two or three times. Deep Space Nine, I think, twice. I saw, I've uh, watched... Enterprise have only gotten part of the way through. Um, and then you got like, um, oh my gosh, the new Picard series, by the way. Like it's which is great. It's different, it's great. but dude, oh my God. It's, dude, you see the preview for the next season though? Yes. yes oh yes. my god, cute. And I'm also I also have to say I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying the new show as well. Um, and I love the fact that um one of my favorite actors, Anson Mount, who is from Hell on Wheels, played um the captain in the second season it's 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 gotten a little weird because they're so far in the future now it's like post federation even though the federation is still there so they've taken the lore and kind of thrown it on mm -hmm. its head but picard i like because oh. it's fucking jean luc picard Dude. and because they've done it in an adult way so they're actually swearing yeah and it's got violence and it's like this is yeah. the star trek i wanted to watch when and, i was like 20 and they even did like yeah. some crossover you got like seven and nine and you're like oh shit popping they up out of nowhere Pull and back now old with the characters? new trailer, oh, dude, yes, so and the new trailer, she's like totally. Uh, I'm getting, I'm yeah. getting out. She's like, <laughs> like looking at, she's like touching yes. her head and like questioning, "Am I in? Is it real? Have I been? Oh, is my man. brain been hacked? Like what's going on?" And then, oh man, I can't wait for season two. Of Freaking love the Borg stuff so much, dude. Oh man, when they yeah. when they get him in, in the next generation, when they get him and they turn him and he walks up to the crew, and then Riker's like fire and you're like oh that's so good it was such a good moment dude it was like one of my favorites man oh i nerd out that's so like that's the, why the camaraderie that of yes. that show as well because they're bringing they're bringing him on he's directing episodes he's yeah. in episodes they're bringing back all of the principal actors for <laughs> yeah. cameos at the very least yep. so it's, it's a great it's it's that tickle my nostalgia balls yeah, yes. that's how you do it that's how you do it that's how oh, you do it i was man. just i was just talking recently about how one of the biggest opportunities in cinematic history was thrown in the garbage recently. Oh. And that was when 
Carrie Fisher, uh, Mark Hamill, and uh, oh wow, I can't think of the most famous one. Uh, Han Solo, uh, what's his name? Harrison um, Ford. Harrison Ford came back to do the new Star Wars. They were all on the same film set together, and you. And I'm just gonna say it's a spoiler, but that get, that you know it is what it, everybody knows by now. Yeah, they killed Han Solo before oh. those three characters were in a scene together. You stupid morons! This was the <laughs> biggest opportunity in cinematic fucking history, and you get, what were you like that? That's that's you know that's unforgivable. It's unforgivable. <laughs> That we can never get that moment back, and it's over. And then Carrie Fisher passed away not long yeah. ago. So yeah. It wouldn't matter because he'd already killed Han Solo, but it's just like, man. Mistakes were made. Yeah, like you guys really didn't think of how epic that would be to have them just any scene where they're all three together. Yeah. I think the best thing— Iconic as hell. The best thing to come out of those the new three Star Wars movies is the My Stick is Better Than Bacon song. Uh, on YouTube with with Yoda uh, from the, yeah, yeah. the lip the lip sync. I don't yeah. remember the name so of the good. YouTube channel. So good. Whoever that. does that is a genius, by the way. My stick <laughs> is better than bacon. Have you seen their older videos where they took yes. the older footage? Oh my god, dude. One of those I don't remember something about a seagull or something. That's my son's favorite. The, the song seagull one. Out. Yeah, my brother yeah. loves that one. I like the yeah, my stick is better than bacon one a little bit better. Yeah, they're all good. they're all good. <laughs> yeah. They're all good. Yeah, those guys god, are genius. Dude. This is what I'm talking about. We just nerded out for like almost half an hour on stories, man. Uh, yeah. Well, that's the thing, um, you know, and, and I, I, I'll try to turn it back around. For those of you who remember back when Saga of Lysimia was still a thing, um, when it was still an MMORPG, one of the core principles that, that I had put up there, and yes, I am tooting my own horn, um, was that there, there, is, there are no quests in the game of a lesser quality than the Coldane Ring and Shawl quests in EverQuest 1. Because from my perspective, doing the milk run idea of Thor going to get a gallon of milk, we don't want that. Nobody cares about that. We want epic story. And I did a I did a uh, an entry, a blog post entry that talked about what makes a story epic. And I dove into like I used the Lord of the Rings as an example, um, and the Fellowship of the Ring in particular, because there are nine people on that adventure, and all of them do little things on their own from time to time. You've got Frodo and Sam here. You've got Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas over here. you got Gandalf and, and, and Pippin over here. You've got Merry over here. But at one point in time, they're all together going through the mines of Moria and yeah. facing off against a fucking Balrog. You know, there are these moments. And, and, and if you break that down from a story perspective, there are so many mm -hmm. elements that come together to create an epic story. It's not one thing. It's a combination of elements. It's one, it's many people coming together to face a challenge that is too great for one person to overcome. Two, it's something that is grand enough in scope that it can't be accomplished in a matter of days or even weeks. The Fellowship of the Ring storyline, like the whole storyline, I believe is a year, oh, a year-ish yeah. from the time that they leave the Shire and throw the ring into the lake, into, into the Mount Doom. So it's something that requires multiple people. The scope is great. It, it requires a lot of, of effort. It has to be done over a long period of time. It can't be done in a, in a matter of minutes or even hours or days. All of these things combine to make something epic. Um, and I think looking at an, an analysis of story, the Fellowship of the Ring, Two mm -hmm. Towers, which I think the whole scope of the Lord of the Rings is one of the best examples mm -hmm. of an epic story arc that still has characters 
having individual moments, even though they are part of a greater whole. Um, yeah. And I think from a from an analytical standpoint, that's that's one of my favorite uh, examples. And and I want to point out in MMO, like um, first of all, like what you said um, is perfect because it all leads to that. It, it also felt impossible, right? Uh, there's race chase numbers, the ISR on, like it felt impossible. The whole world was against them, basically. Yeah. Um, so uh, you get that kind of epicness from you know, like I don't even see how this is possible that this that this little hobbit can do this right yeah. uh, but in an mmo standpoint i feel like i think world of warcraft and other mmos have really proved this you only get so many chances to like make your players really feel that way right um so like for example uh let's use world of warcraft because everybody knows um the wrath of the lich king right um arthas the the lich king mm. uh, freaking you only get that moment one time. The whole story built up to that, yes. right? And and it was like we all knew, most of us knew, we played Warcraft 3, et cetera. Right. We knew where these little story elements from Classic and Burning Legion, we knew that that was what, the, what that was leading to. We knew that there would be a confrontation with the Lich King, who's just epic, right, for that yeah. universe. Just, you know, there's nothing. And now they've, you know, they, there's been this and that. And, oh, my gosh, I came, you know, I'm even more powerful and all this. And another good example is Dragon Ball Z, who did that, right? Where it's like, impossible. We beat it. Now even stronger. Now even stronger. Even stronger. And eventually, it loses its oomph. You know, it's like, okay, dude, we get it. After this, there's going to be somebody even, even somehow even greater. And, you know, it's just going to go on and on. We get it. But your original plot line, you only get it one time, dude. And if you screw it up from the base uh, and the build up to it, then it's over, man. You, you're never going to get that back because people waited years playing your MMO, waiting for this climax. And once it's over, I mean, there's no choice for World of Warcraft to go downhill after the Wrath of the Lich King. Dude. Let's be honest. There's oh. no choice. So, Unless they would have released a Warcraft 4 that would have somehow gave mm. some new plot line and laid out the groundwork to where they could have done it again, right? Yeah, that's, that's how I feel about planes of power with everquest because it mm. built up and built up and built up to the point where pop was all about massive guilds doing massive battles and it was a, a this torturous team <laughs> process yeah. to go from plane to plane to plane to plane getting to the plane of time at the end but it was you know just as just as much as Lookland had the shadows of Lookland had been so difficult with the keen process for VT and everything. POP was even more so. But after Planes of Power, they turned around and did Gates of Discord, and it was like you you have nowhere to go after you've hit the planes and killed the gods. Like you're done. Like and most people, most people will say that was the peak of EverQuest. Yes, was Planes of Power. Most there's people have opinions, right? But most people say that most people say Wrath of the Lich King was the peak for World of Warcraft. Um, you know, you could do that for any MMO, right? And there's one MMO out there doing something really freaking smart. Now, we can't say yet because they're just now coming to their peak and their newest expansion coming out in September. But they built a really epic story if you can freaking sludge through the freaking go into the store and get the milk quests. Um, and that's Final Fantasy XIV, who's ending yes. their story plot in September, right? right. They're they making it very known. Like, this yes. is it. We don't know how they're going to do it. And what interests me is they've already tore their game completely apart. Yes, this, in the right? beginning, yeah. Yep. Wouldn't shock me if they do something nope. completely ballsy and they're yes. like, look, that's it. Uh, next expansion uh, is a new game. It's not 
I respect we that, that though. Story. It's over. Uh, you know, just like we did with Realm Reborn, we're starting it fresh again. World's and, gonna uh, explode, and yeah, yeah, it could be. I mean, they don't have any kind of like they don't give a shit, so they could do that. I mean, they've done it once, and it worked really well for them. They may do that. You guys are making. You guys talk about. Not you guys, only you two guys, because I do my other show, the Mondays at Emerald Show, and one of the guys we have on the show quite a lot right. um, is uh, Ashton Phoenix from uh, mm-hmm. Crash While Loading, and he is a Final Fantasy XIV fanatic. And I hear you guys talk about him talking about it, and I hear everybody to keep talking about how if he can just get through a Realm Reborn. Yeah, true. I agree. And I'm just sitting here going, I have the time. It's I just mean... a matter of... It's worth it, dude. Heaven's worth so you, damn good, man. Oh, and it's free content wanna, right now, too. Yeah, it's free. I mean, yep. you play for... God, All the way through Heaven's Word, man. But, yeah. But the thing about that game is, is yeah, Realm Reborn was really cool at its time. Uh, it's a, it's pretty rough to get through. But honestly, it it's pretty good because you're learning the characters, you're learning yeah. the world. It's interesting your first time through. Yeah. But then after you get to the end of realm reborn you go through those patches and you're not allowed to level up and it's just like sludging through oh my god it is (laughs) so harsh they've they've shortened it and i don't know it may not be that bad now but yeah oh my god i would never do it again dude dude. you couldn't pay me you couldn't pay me thousands of dollars an hour (laughs) i would not do it it was awful earn your stripes once it's one time yeah, but once you get past it's, that little in between the patches in the heavens, were, oh baby! But it it's worth it to me. It was worth it, in my opinion. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was worth, it, was worth it, it. Yeah, to I just get that. Don't have to do it again. I but I won't ever do it again. again. But I won't ever yeah, do it again. Yeah. Nope. What's well, yeah. a one time only? And, nope. And that one character, you can play any class, which you want. is great. So literally, you no. never have to do it again. Yes. You only have to play it one time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Although it's good, dude. And they're late. They're leading up to that Lukeland kind of feel too. They're they're tickling my nostalgia balls. Hold on, you know the newest expansion. You go to the moon, and it's like, dude, that's making me think of like Lukeland, and it's like, dude, All I right. can't wait. Yes, dude. I I was I've been actually like I, like casually been playing with my fiance. Right, we go and we jump in there, and that's like, all I do. Yeah. It, but she's never played it before and so i'm just kind of like tagging along and like going through and i'm kind of watching the story a little bit more again and all that and even she's like in the beginning like it's kind of rough i'm like just give it give it some time like even this beginning part because you don't even get to the main part of like where the story gets good for like what 15 or 20 quests or something like that which is like like still a good chunk of time and so like it's but it's worth it like story-wise for me it was actually worth it but like I'm not doing that shit again, dude. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. And you'll fall in love with these characters, and they don't give a shit about your feelings. Dude. No, they There's don't. Stuff happens <laughs> that story, you're like, you can't fucking do that to people. Like, that's yeah, they do. Up that you they just, do. They don't. They, they don't do care. Not care. They they I, will move that story along regardless I, of the cost, man. And it will shock you. You'll actually have to like sit. Like there's been a middle of cinema scene where, you know, with the text, you got to press yeah. the button and continue where I've literally just had to lay it down and get up. and like, <laughs> like it's so screwed up what I just seen. Yes. And and, and yeah. I do feel like they've sped up some. I, I, I feel like you get a little more experience now than you did before. That's what I've heard. I've heard you can just I, you can just I, roll right through it. I don't now. feel you know? like you get stuck because I've been playing with her and she's like probably pushing level 20 now. And I'm like. We haven't been plateaued to have to do hunting or anything yet. Like, yeah, I feel I don't like think you have to anymore. I Not feel like get the, to the that shit used to happen. You'd have to do your daily roulettes and stuff and all this stuff yeah. to fill the gap. Yeah. And you're like, oh my god, dude! Like, I just want to get it's grindy. Let me just let me get through it. Like, I'm in a good spot in my head. I don't want to like feel like i'm stuck. It's already I already feel stuck, and I'm trudging through this stuff. Like, can we just not? 
don't put the wall up. Don't put the wall up. And every every NPC in the whole fucking game will send you to go get milk <laughs> from the grocery store. My gosh. Yeah, you you like, just got back from yeah. an epic battle and get back. They're like, hey, you want to cook dinner? Like, bro. <laughs> no. Why don't you cook dinner? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Though. I've tried multiple times and I've never made it beyond level 40 or 45. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, it, is, it, is, it is some pain and suffering. There are some really <laughs> good, uh, like story arcs and like plots that play out that are super nice um heaven's word for me was just oh that was just everything about that expansion like i'm in stormblood which is where i'm stuck right now just trying to drudge through that because that one doesn't vibe for me but if you can uh, get to that villain dude the villain in stormblood is freaking one of the best villains of all time he's he's epic dude mm. he creeps me out he is terrifying yeah um, you got to get to the point where you start realizing stuff about him and then you'll then it, then that that expands you about you'll you'll swear it's better than heaven swore by the time you're done. I really damn that's a yeah. big ass statement though. You will what? you will oh, I, I guarantee it. I really? guarantee that oh, that one man. is epic, dude. Really, it's epic. Yeah, what yeah. they went all out. They went all out. On okay, that. damn. And like in my abundant spare bit. time, I'll totally you know. It's like one of those things I have to like chip away out in yeah. little that's bits. What I do. Little bits. It'll probably be a while till I get to do that again. But I think I'm like 68 on my main character, who's a light justice paladin, by the way. <clears throat> But you can be any job. You know what's really cool about their cinematics in that, though, from like a like a kind of storytelling standpoint, is what I've always liked about this. And I was talking to I was talking to Mel about this the other day, but uh, is like they introduced the classes, and you kind of have this thing with like the Elder Scrolls Online, how you got like this player character that you kind of see, and it represents the player, and so they've got a player character that represents the character or the players as well, and it's really cool because when there's new like a class or job that's released in the expansion or whatever it's cool because it's like there's always this like we're uh fighting back against th this threat and it we're not quite cutting it with the tools we got or the jobs we got so here we're gonna like take on a new job and embody this new essence element whatever and now this is gonna help us to be successful and they always frame it in a way that's like Here's kind of what you're about to face, but we're not actually telling you enough about it to actually ruin or, or like spoil anything. But when you get through the story, you'll actually look back and go, I see what you did there. That was actually really good. It's just yeah, dude, super no, a cool. lot of those a lot of those stupid grocery store quests when you're doing them are really lame. But if you pay attention to the story, mm -hmm. all those little events all come back into play later. A yeah. lot of times you just don't even realize no. it's the same character. True. But I but, but I've watched people play and I'm like, oh my God, that girl that was just some random little scene and stupid little quest, that actually was like impacted yes. like an expansion later. Yeah. She did something crazy because of what happened there. That's interesting it's because that's one of the things that um I feel Lord of the Rings does better than any other MMORPG out there, uh, which is the story. Yes. Because they do that same thing where a lot of the times you'll meet a character and do something small with them as part of the epic book series, but then you don't mm -hmm. do anything with them for, you know, several different quests. And and in the scope of expansions, it's probably the next expansion. Um, but because I'm playing the game, yeah. you know, 14 years on or whatever the case right. might be. It's, so like, it's still like five or six or seven sessions later, I'm meeting that character again. And now that character has gone from being just a nobody to being like, Oh, now you're a companion that's going along with me on this journey on this leg of the journey. Mm -hmm. And we're going off and we're having this epic, like six quest arc line that takes me 12 hours to get through. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of that, dude. There's, there's a, uh, okay. I'm not going to spoil it, 
but I'm not going to spoil it on be very generic, but there's a <laughs> scene that seems so insignificant. Actually, it seems like a tutorial kind of thing where it's just like, oh, look, if you're not careful, your tank might die kind of situation, right? And it's just like plays out and you just think it's a nothing. And then that character later that the scenario happened turns out to be like an entire big thing. And, and, and that's all I want to say about it. But like, it seems so insane. And the first time I played it, I didn't even realize it was that person. Like it had been so long ago and it seemed so, you know, whimsical when it happened that I had to see it again. And then I was like, Oh snap. I see what they did there. That's crazy. Uh, it's good though. It's not the best MMO ever made, but it's, it's a good fun time. Yeah. I mean, I still feel like, Lord of the Rings Online is like one of them. I was like sharing a chat too. Like I, I never got to the end, you know, got to the full conclusion of all the storylines and everything or to where it actually is now. Yeah, it's just there's so much like the thing that for me was like that one was also similar to like Final Fantasy 14. It was just like it felt like a lot of quests. But then I think about like when this came out, it was like around the time of World of Warcraft, a little bit after, right? Um, and then, you know, it, it sort of that was sort of like it was sort of like how things were kind of done. I mean. I'm probably a third of the way through Rohan. Really? Um, and I've I've played that game since launch, but I don't I don't play it religiously. Mm, I play no. it several months per year. I keep a subscription to it, and I, and I was one of the ones I should have just bought the lifetime years ago, and I I missed mm. out on that. But I do keep a running subscription. Like I know Nathan keeps a running subscription with EverQuest. I do that with Lotro, um, and I do play three or four months a year. Um, and yeah, I've finally gotten to the point where I've got two characters now who are up into the middle of Rohan. They're about a third of the way through Rohan. And I've set a goal for myself this year that no matter what, I'm getting through to the end of the Rohan by the holidays because nice. I don't own anything beyond that point. And I would really love to go buy the the uh, Helm's Deep expansion mm. and be able to go to Gondor. And, That'd be cool. And, you know, I, I really want to see the Helm's Deep battle and how that plays out. And, and I've watched videos and anyway um sidetrack it's such a good game and the main storyline in particular um does all those things it's just so good the writing i mean you're reading novel length material which for some people is a turnoff but i love it mm. and then the side quests are usually you do have some fetch quests but they're usually done in such a way where there's always a story ties in yeah that's one of the things i felt was lacking in world of warcraft was a fetch quest was a fetch quest was yeah. a fetch quest was a sure. fucking fetch quest yeah it's bring me five ears because why I, who knows? It doesn't matter why. It's because you're going to get XP. That's why. Yeah. Um, whereas in Lotro, there are always a story reasons for why you're doing this thing. Greater narrative. And a lot of times those lead to bigger quest chains that you would have never gotten to if you had, because they're prerequisite quests to get to these quest chains. Um, there's one of the troll shots that I love where you actually meet Gollum in the middle of the night. And, and it's just, it's a great storyline if you've ever done it. And, and my brother had never done it. He'd run like three or four characters up to Rivendell. And he finally did it with me this past winter. And he was just like, that was the best thing ever. Cause <laughs> it's just like, you get to this point where you're helping this fisherman out and Gollum almost eats their baby in the middle of the night and you <laughs> try to trap him. And, and, Oh, it's such a good, cause then you're chasing him through the woods and oh, he gets man. away of course, but uh, it's so good. They've done some really cool things with that game. They, they do that a lot in that game too. They'll play on something, you know, that is lore appropriate that, you know, something about, so it's cool right from the get go. So, you know, it's a fetch quest, but it has to do with wargs or just something cool. And you just, you, you're invested in it immediately or man, Tom Bomba, uh, when I got yeah. to go to Tom Bombadil's house and uh, he was dancing, I mean, that's just 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, hey, it wasn't hold, this Mary, crazy hold. quest. Yeah, <laughs> it was just a normal quest, but it felt so cool. And uh, they do that every quest I've done. It's like that. It's just like it tickles tickles your nostalgia balls. And um, that's got to be a meme now. It's like this is gonna. This is starting. If this is the path, if y'all end up bringing this up enough on the show, it's probably gonna become this thing, like that whole ninja looter thing turned into for me. <laughs> It'd be great if it was really about you guys, though. That'd be awesome. You know, um, so, you know, I was going to say was uh, when it comes to like Lord of the Rings, like, have you all seen it's like a YouTube series? It's like something to throw out there. Nerd of the Rings is like, it was that channel's awesome. If you're yeah, like, I want to channel. Yeah, like great for like consumption of like the lore talks about all the different eras and everything. Um, but man, yeah, it's like, oh, dude, in World of Warcraft, we go back to this one. I was just like, oh, I stopped playing the game on principle. But I'm curious. I like I digest what's going on through like Bellular Gaming on YouTube. Like usually, because you'll hit on things, and I usually just kind of catch the story, find out what's kind of been going on. If either like if you if you followed uh, World of Warcraft, and probably need to wind this down soon, but I have to hit this out because probably next week we won't be doing this. It, have you followed the lore and like what's been going on with the current expansion related to like Arthas and all that stuff? vaguely but not intimately so there's like this jeller character and it's like and i'm just kind of so nathan you've kind of followed i'm just curious like what are your what are your vibes on it do you kind of feel like it makes sense you dig it you like yeah well well here's the thing i understand right because honestly like i said earlier they're just having to come up with some additional material on top of a really good story right so it'd be to me, it'd be like, and it's not even the original writers. So it'd be, it, it would literally be like if somebody commissioned a, and it could be a talented writer, it wouldn't matter, and said, come up with the sequel to Lord of the Rings. And they tried to be like, well, the reason that uh, Sauron, uh, see, uh, and they, they have to add lore on top of whatever, uh, what already exists, right? And they have to create something even crazier than Sauron or, or even crazier than anything that was built into the lore than it's just not gonna it's just not gonna gel right you can tell it's like if you were welding something uh two pieces of metal together with super glue right mm. like that no matter how good your writing is it doesn't fit right it's not the same writers yeah. it's not the same kind of quality um and it, you can tell yeah. that it doesn't actually belong there you made a you know what good I mean? point because it's like um you know, Robert Jordan died before he finished The Wheel of Time. And for those of you who have read this, you'll know what I'm talking about. So Brandon Sanderson got picked oh, yeah. by Harriet, his wife, to come in and finish the last what, three books in the series or everything. Brandon Sanderson is a brilliant writer. And he did his best to pick up those pieces and put them back together and 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 write in such a way his style was already very similar to jordan's which is why harriet picked him because that's who was his primary inspiration mm. um but yeah um it's an immediate style difference when you pick up the book that was written by sanderson and you're like all the characters you love and know are there but they are now being written by a different writer and it's just it's that 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 glue doesn't quite meld. Yeah. And I don't even think it's their fault. I don't think there's anything they can no. do about it. It's just, no, it's just that's just the style. way it is. Different brain, different yeah. everything. Yeah. Fair. You just see things differently and like 
I I don't know what happened recently. It pissed everybody off. Something happened with Sylvanas, and everybody's freaking out here. I don't know. I don't uh, understand it either. I I'm not, I don't even want to know because I'm just done with World of Warcraft. Um, but uh, it's I was excited if you remember about uh, the new expansion at first because I saw him bringing back in elements of the cool stuff. You know, Arthas and 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 uh, we're going to this place where dead people were and we're going to see characters from the long past and you know it just felt like they were opening up a chapter where they could go back to do anything they want again and not be pigeonholed in the story but um, and unfortunately they decided to pigeonhole themselves again and it's unfortunate because the best thing you could do when you're in their situation is open the story up in such a way that you have total freedom again to write whatever you want you know like Realm Reborn did. The world's freaking destroyed, right? And you get to start over. And they got to, they still used elements from the original, but they got they got an opportunity to make anything different they wanted to, and uh, etc. And that's a problem that I think that they're running into is they pigeonhole their story, and they had an opportunity to open it back up, and they pigeonhole themselves again in an in an in an effort to make the fans happy, though. You know. So it's you can only do the Death Star so many times. Yes. True. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there's actually... only one Darth Vader, right? Yeah, uh, true. There's, there's, a, there's only mm -hmm. one Sauron. There's yep. only one. You just can't. It just is what it is, man. You already went past your plot point. Now you're just pandering. <laughs> Gentlemen, I know this is going to break our hearts, but our time for this episode has come to an end. I know people are going to be really sad. We likely won't be here next uh, next episode, uh, next week rather, just because of the nature of things. I'm, I'm probably going to be a little too short on time. and But we are planning on continuing in about two weeks from today, uh, back to the weekly episodes and everything. I've just got a lot on my plate coming up. Um, also, it's like, you know, summertime, and you know what that means around here. It's a little hot up in her, you know what I mean? So, but uh, dude... We are going to likely have a whole bunch on the agenda to talk probably for weeks on end when we pick up next time. I We're going to have the Ashes Pathfinder podcast coming up this Sunday for those interested in Ashes of Creation. Definitely tune in. Uh, we're going to have some uh, guests on there. We're talking about the combat system and some of the game. Well, basically, as the, the curtain has been lifted and open for people to view we're going to have a lot to talk about on the upcoming podcast we're going to have a lot to talk about here too because i'm sure by then you guys are going to have had some opportunity to check it out and see what's going on new with it as well um so a lot of a lot of good things man it's a good time we got a lot of stuff and things related to gaming coming up so uh yeah stay tuned friends we're going to be catching up again real soon and on that friends renfill nathan you let everybody here know your domains where you reign when you're not on this show and how people can find you I'll go first because somebody just pinged me too in there chat. Um, the the easiest place to find me is at Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash Renfail. Also, youtube.com forward slash Renfail. Actually, just published chapter one of book one in the new novel for Project Dramon, which is a Dragonlance Chronicles style book series following our Tabor Talk campaign. That just went live today. Yes. So you can go read that over at the Patreon. And then there's all the links to all the products over at Amazon stuff there um, for those of you who want to dig into other stuff like the Saga of Lucibia and the Broke, uh, Bloody Knuckles anthology and beyond. So, nice. but yeah, uh, Patreon and YouTube. And Nathan. Yeah, you can find me on YouTube, uh, the Nathan Napalm. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter and 
biggest thing for me right now is I'm trying to finish up the D and D campaign, uh, so I'm buckled down okay. on that. It's almost it's done. Man. It's it's good. Really good. I've literally, guys, the owl bear sitting right over there, and it is the coolest creation I've ever made. It is so cool. I've decided I made a path where you can make him a pet. I had to. He was too cool to just be a a couple of fights. Um, I made one really hard to get to path where you can make him a pet, and he actually joins the adventure because he's too nice. freaking cool. Um, but yeah, having a blast with that, and uh, people are testing it, the members of Napalm, that you can join on the channel if you want to. Just understand it's only the first chapter right now uh, that they're testing, but going great, and uh, be looking forward to it because the whole thing will be out in oh, August. Yeah. Absolutely. Looking forward to it, you guys. And Nathan, dude, I am super stoked to see this, man. I, oh. There's a reason Renfell and I are so excited. This is going to be such a good YouTube experience for like what Nathan's got going on. It's like definitely new. It's I haven't seen anything like it. This is going to be awesome. Um, there is nothing like it. No. And if you're passionate, if you're passionate about tabletop, yeah, like I am, for example, and I know uh, Simmers as well. Uh, there, it's uh, it's hitting all the right things yeah. in the right places, and it's that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the nostalgia though anyway y'all i'll be seeing you all on live streams a lot the next week otherwise you'll catch us over on uh our all the place we have our podcast posted leave us some love leave us uh some feedback and a rating and a review if you do please and follow us on twitter at the lfm show friends might be the end of today's show but we are always looking for more to join us here on the show for the party rants a plenty and until next time my friends we'll see you again real soon take care stay safe until next time paladin's rule <laughs> that's right <laughs>